Hey everybody, it's Chris. Just a quick note up front here that there are some comic spoilers in this episode. Sort of dropped in throughout. Uh, we try to warn you a little bit when they come, but you know Jason, he just drops them in there without any warning half the time. So just thought I'd throw this message up front. Otherwise, please enjoy. Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 153 for Monday, March 17, 2014. Happy St. Paddy's Day, everybody. St. St. what days? What? What's the what's the day today? Saint Patty's Day. Saint Patty's Day, and also it's also my uncle Brian's birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Uncle Brian! Jason, in the notes you wrote Monday, March seventeenth, twenty thirteen, and I and I and I didn't even get it wrong when I said it. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I can't, I can't believe I made an error. Well, that is hard to believe as well. But look at me, <laughs> yeah. not not reading off the the uh, cue. Uh, what do you call the teleprompter? There you go. Cool. Good for you. <laughs> Okay, everybody, so I am back at home in Toronto from Chicago. I drove 850 kilometers today in about 10 hours. The drive so you're was hot off the presses. I am hot off the presses. I am hot out of the car. Um, it's it. I've decided that that's too long for one person to drive in one day. Well, what was it, uh, eight and a half hours? It was Not about nine hours. No, it was closer to ten, including all the stops. If I had not stopped once, it probably would have been eight and a half or nine. Right. I stopped for almost an hour in a couple of stores to pick some stuff up that I wanted to get. So, you know, it's it's just too far. It's it was a much better drive than going to Chicago because the weather was much better today and it was clear sailing all the way, no slowdowns, nothing. But it was still, it's just so far, and you get so bored, and, you know, if if you're the kind of person that falls asleep in the car, you're guaranteed to fall asleep on that drive. <laughs> and your body just hurts so much, so I think driving to Chicago was the wrong decision no, by myself. I've done, uh, I've done eight, eight and a half, no problem. Up to the Sioux, yeah, driving up to the Sioux, driving back, I don't find that too much of an issue. Oh, that, well. That's around eight. Well, then, I don't know what it is. It's Eight again is okay. Ten, too much. Yeah, ten is too much. So, I don't know. I think next time I'm, t I'm flying over there, I think we can get pretty cheap flights from Toronto to Chicago. I would hope so. Um, anyways, we sort of already talked about Walker Stalker Con, so uh, we don't need to go through that again. But the last day was really, really fun. I did get to watch last night's episode of The Walking Dead in the VIP room with Lou Temple and Melissa Hutchison and a few other people. So that nice. was very fun. Oh, that sounds fantastic. It was really good. And they had it on in the bar downstairs, but I just knew that that would not be a prime viewing experience in a bar. No, you don't, You know, if you have the opportunity to watch it in the VIP room or you have the opportunity to watch it in a bar with the unwashed masses, <laughs> you watch it in the VIP room. Absolutely, where there's free food, free drinks, everything you could ever want right in there. 
Right. I watched it in my living room with the unwashed masses. Well, just just me, really. <laughs> and your cats, they're unwashed. Actually, they, they, they're, don't, they don't hang out with me. They're probably very well washed, their cats. No, my wife was asleep and they hang out with her. All righty. They, they just follow her around the house. So the only bad thing that happened to me in Chicago is that I lost my favorite backpack. You you lost it? Well, by lost, I mean it may have been picked up by somebody else and taken away. Right. I actually left it in said VIP room by accident on uh, yesterday afternoon, probably around 3 o'clock. And when I realized I didn't have my backpack anymore, it was already midnight. So I went back and it wasn't there. And yes, I had been in there at... 8 p.m. Central Time to watch The Walking Dead, still not realizing that I did not have my backpack. I don't know if it was there at that time. So what you're saying is Lou Temple has it. <laughs> Lou Temple, uh, he was not in the room when I left it there, but he was in the room I'm, later. So I'm pretty sure he has it. You know, I have no idea. A lot of people were coming and going from that room. It, ha- it was free open access to certain volunteers with Walker Stalker Con and all the celebrities. I have no idea what happened to it. I don't know if someone picked it up, put it away somewhere to keep it safe, but I searched that room this morning and could not find it. And uh, that's that's that. So uh, lucky for me, nothing was in there of great importance. I had, you know, my car keys, my passport, my wallet, everything, you know, all the really important stuff would not was not in the bag, so I still have all that. What was in the bag was a few computer adapters, which I can live without, all my business cards, <laughs> so oh, no. I'm going to have to get new ones of those, and a couple of hundred Talking Dead podcast uh, postcards. Oh, okay, so those will get handed out. So here's here's what I'm saying, everybody. Hopefully, whoever has my bag, if you indeed don't plan on giving it back, hopefully you will do something productive with those postcards, either hand them out or, you know, um, write grocery lists on them or, you know, send them to your friends, whatever you want. They're blank on the back, right? They are. Oh, perfect. Yeah, they're great for grocery lists. See? That's what I'm talking about. Um, and but, but, you know, if you do have the bag, I really only care about the bag. It's a really nice bag. So if you want to give it back to me, get in touch through the show. Just come to TalkingDeadPodcast.com or send me an email, TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening because you found 200 postcards in there, and, you know, and, and you want to do the right thing, give me, give me, get in touch. And I will arrange to have that bag shipped back to me, no questions asked. I really just want the bag. Right. So, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully I can get it. If not, I'm going to go buy exactly the same one again, probably. That, yeah, it's a nice bag. It was good. Um, other than that, though, Walker Stalker, fan-freaking-tastic. Um, we're going to have Melissa Hutchison on the podcast again in the probably coming months as more episodes of the Telltale game come out. Good. See, uh, episode two of season two is now out, and... From what I've heard around the con, it is the best one so far. Well, I'm going to go play it right now. You'll finish the podcast without me? Yeah, I don't need you. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, if you do, or when you do, we should talk about it because it's going to be really good. For sure. Um, okay, Jason, before we get into the recap of The Grove, let's play an entry in our uh, Record a Scene contest. Goody, goody. Who does this come from? It is Emily from the cupboard under the stairs in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. You can't depend on anybody for anything, right? I'll be gone someday. I will. You're going to be the last man standing. 
You are. And you're going to miss me so bad when I'm gone, Daryl Dixon. I'm happy. I'm just not blind. you got to stay who you are, not who you were. Places like this, you have to put it away. You have to, or it kills you in here. Alrighty, so that was the first time I'd heard that, because you, you organized everything for me since I was on the road today. That was good. Which I appreciate, by the way. Oh, no worries. But that was that was great. That was Beth uh, talking to Daryl from Still. And, uh, you know, that's the first one I've played that I haven't listened to before playing it. That was exciting for me. <laughs> the world just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> it's just opening up to me. Um. Okay, it is time to recap The Grove. Are you ready? I am ready. This is, what is this, season four, episode 14. Cool. And it's called The Grove. I'm glad you didn't phrase that in the form of a question. <laughs> There's two more. That's how I figured it out. <laughs> uh, okay, we open with a shot inside the kitchen of a house. There's a kettle boiling on the stove. And out the window, we see a girl run past in the distance. Not totally clear who that is at this point. And there appears to be a zombie chasing her. The camera kind of pans across to the other window, and uh, it's a, it looks like it's a little bit slow motion. Not sure how much danger is, there is out there. At least I wasn't. Not sure exactly what was going on. But that's really all we get before we go to the opening credits. Well, there was some, uh, you know, it looked like it was some couple of people playing tag. It, at first. It kind of did. Um, was it obvious to you that that was a zombie chasing her? Y yes, it was. Yeah, it, me too, I think. But because it was so far in the distance, shot through a window. Well, um, to be honest, it, I wasn't entirely sure it was a zombie. I thought maybe it was someone playing zombie. It could have been that. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, I was I thought it was a zombie, but then again, I thought it was somebody maybe playing zombie. But who plays zombie? That's crazy. Especially in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> Before the zombie apocalypse makes total sense. Right. Uh, and we so we go to the credits, opening credits. A sh really short cold open this week, but a pretty effective one, I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I should mention, too, I made the notes for the recap for this episode yeah. last night in real time while watching the episode the second time, which is not unusual. I usually do that. But also, after having, you know spent the day hanging out in the VIP lounge with all the free drinks. That's right. all I'm going to say. Okay, so these, these are drunken notes. <laughs> you never know where this is going to go, you know? Okay. We'll see. Uh, after the credits, we open on the train tracks. Carol and Lizzie are talking. Tyrese and Mika are sleeping on the tracks. <laughs> on the tracks. Now, uh, would you think to sleep on train tracks? Would the, would, you know, even though you know, like you you know, you know, there's not going to be any trains. Do you fall asleep on the train tracks? My thought when I saw that was, there's no way I would sleep on the train tracks, even if all logic dictates that there will be no train coming across there. Because just because something happens one way a thousand times doesn't mean that it will happen the same way the thousand and first time right right and the thing that that bothered me the most like even though you know you don't sleep on train tracks i don't care if it is the zombie apocalypse uh if you're sleeping on a, a steel rail uh that's going to conduct your heat away from your body 
pretty damn quick. So that is not a warm place to cuddle up to. You'd be better off cuddling up to the concrete barrier that uh, uh, that Carol and Lizzie are talking or sitting on. Yeah, maybe, but maybe that's why Tyrese never takes his hat off. It keeps his head warm when he's sleeping on steel rails. Yeah, I just thought that was a bit weird. It is weird. I, I just don't think I would sleep on the train tracks because even though I know it's it would be fine because no train is coming this far into the apocalypse, it's just the deep-seated knowledge that trains go there and you don't lie down on them. I wouldn't be able to pass. I wouldn't be able to get rid of that. Yeah, and it's very difficult for a train to swerve to miss you. Very, very difficult. Yeah, very, very difficult. Not only that, hell, even just stopping is pretty difficult. <laughs> Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> so Carol and Lizzie are talking about whether Terminus will be safe. And, you know, they're not sure what's what it's all about. Lizzie asks, or Lizzie says she saved Tyrese at the prison. And they talk about whether Carol had kids. Of course, Carol did. She had Sophia. She said she was sweet, but unprepared for the zombie apocalypse. Right. But then who who was, really? Well, yeah. Y- you that- never expect the zombie apocalypse. No, you don't, and you never expect the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Those two things, you just never see them coming. Did you set me up for that? Maybe I did. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good one. Uh, Carol tells Lizzie to get some sleep because she'll need her help tomorrow, and then Tyrese wakes up kind of in a start from a dream, I guess, saying, no, no, things like that. Yeah. Well, you got to expect everybody to have some kind of PTSD. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, we cut to a new scene. Lizzie is has found some sap coming out of a tree, and they use it to, um, or they use it on a wound on Tyrese's arm. Some kind of blood sap. I guess so. It sort of looked like blood, didn't it? Yeah. When it was coming out of the tree, it looked like blood. When it was on the knife and going on his arm, it looked more like tree sap. Um, they could eat that too, right? I don't know. What do I know from tree sap? Well, that's what they make maple syrup out of. I would imagine you could just uh, eat it. I would love to eat maple syrup, but that involves a lot of boiling and a whole lot of sugar, I think. That's true. Okay, I'm not 100% sure if you can eat it straight out of the tree. In fact, well, I'm pretty sure you can, but whether it's good or not, I don't know. Well, you can eat the tree. Like, you can just, like, grab a knife and a fork and start chowing down on bark. I think that, you know, you would probably <laughs> survive the experience, but it's not going to be, like, cornflakes or Depends anything. how much, <laughs> I think. You might be better off to start with the leaves. A little easier yeah, to probably. digest. Maybe some grass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Carol mentions that Tyrese has an infection and a fever, which struck yeah. me as, as odd. I mean, I know he's injured, but you'd think they'd be more worried about that. Well, I mean, there's, you know, if he's had a fever for a couple of days, I'm sure he's fine. You know, it's you know, maybe at this point they can tell the difference between a fever and the fever. Mm, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just his, his body healing up that arm cut. Maybe it's the unexplained fevers that are uh, really kind of tricky. But if you have a cut on your arm that's infected and you have a bit of a low-grade fever, you're like, yeah, that's all explainable and fine. So you're okay. Now, I wonder if tree sap is actually a good remedy for a slice on your arm like that. Yeah, I really have no idea. If anybody knows, you know, whether or not, A, that tree sap was real, and B, if that real tree sap could be used on a real wound and it would help and not hurt the wound, let us know. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't real tree sap because they'd have to walk around looking for trees, tapping them. But whether tree sap would would, uh, help heal a wound, I don't know. But if it would, that's a good survival uh, tip right there. Um... 
they start talking about that they're maybe three or four days away from Terminus. I really don't know how they know that. Um, I guess it's on the map, but they might not know exactly where they are. So Yeah, you know, it's more of a are we there yet kind of thing. Yeah, it's three or four days. Yeah, okay. We're on the way. And Carol says that Lizzie is confused about the walkers. She doesn't understand they're dangerous. And Tyrese asks about Mika, and Carol says Mika's worse. She has no mean bone in her body. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that's worse, necessarily. I guess she's just unable to protect herself, but at least she doesn't think the walkers are regular people. Right. So, I don't well, know. Well, it's hard. It's hard. Those are bad, bad uh, you know, traits to have, mm-hmm. which is worse is up for debate. True. So the next scene, they're they're walking down the tracks. They're talking about Huck Finn, which is kind of lighthearted. But as they walk, Carol and Tyree smell a fire. Now, this is obviously Daryl and Beth's moonshine shack fire, right? Right. Okay. I assume so. It, it must be. E, we see Lizzie playing I Spy with Tyrese. They're holding the baby, and a walker starts coming down the tracks. Tyrese goes to hammer it. But the walker gets stuck in a hole in the train tracks before mm-hmm. he, he can get there. Um, I liked the way this zombie extra or featured zombie fell into this hole and just smacked into the ground. You like that? I, I thought it looked really authentic. It looked really good. Like sometimes the zombies just sort of fall over and, and you know, they I guess they train the extras to fall down without really using their arms to support themselves. But this one, his leg disappears into a hole and he just falls down in a heap. And um, I thought it looked really good. Well, I hope uh, I hope that the uh, that the rails were you know padded so that this uh, the person that had to do this didn't hurt themselves. I'm sure they were protected in some way, but however they did it, it looked really really good to me. I enjoyed it. Right. Good. So Tyrese continues to go over and he's about to kill it, but Lizzie comes up and says. Sometimes we have to kill them, sometimes we don't. That's true. So she is uh, really empathizing with these zombies, I think. Zombies are people too. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Zombies were people. Now they're zombies. Right. We see Carol and Mika walking in the forest. Carol is telling Mika to be tougher because she has to be. And Mika says she can run. But Carol says, Sophia ran and it wasn't enough. You have to know how to kill, not just run. Right. Um, and Mika says she's not like her sister. She says, I'm not messed up. So Mika clearly knows that there's something wrong with Lizzie. That's true. Um, and uh, Mika says, I know what they are, but I can't kill people. And killing people is uh, people is wrong. Which sort of seems to indicate that maybe she's looking at these things not as monsters either, but more as people or at least former people. I got the impression that she was actually talking about people in this case. Like, because she had mentioned uh, at the prison, right? She mm-hmm. was pointing her gun at someone and couldn't pull the trigger because she, you can't kill people because p- killing people are wrong, is wrong. Killing zombies is not wrong. It's hard. But it's not wrong, but killing a person is wrong. Oh, so she's explaining that she's actually got the right attitude. Right. See? Too many drinks. Except that sometimes sometimes killing people uh, is wrong but necessary in in the zombie apocalypse. That's definitely Carol's attitude, Yeah. Um, as we know. Uh, but Mika doesn't want to kill people then in that case. That makes sense. Um, then... Uh, 
they find a uh, they keep walking they come out and they find this ranch or the grove that they can they can take shelter in for a little while right I like to call it a ranch even though a ranch yeah it looked looked like a ranch to me what was there horses no there was, <laughs> is that uh, the defining it, feature of a ranch horses well I think it's animals okay you may be right so it's a grove not a ranch it's a grove all right I well, mean the the whole title of the show is the grove well <laughs> that I understand fine I'll go with grove. <laughs> Uh, we go to a commercial break and come back, and they're walking up to the house talking about pecans and deers they can eat. Now, they say pecans, I think, in the show, but I say pecan. Oh, pecan pie. What do you say? I don't know. Pecan. Pecan, I guess. Yeah. Or, or pecan. I'm not, you know, I never really noticed a difference, so I, I don't think I have a uh, pecan, pecan, uh, you know, I don't have a preference. Yeah, but most people you know, use words with different pronunciations like that. Generally, people stick to one or the other, mostly depending on where you're from, I think. And uh, pecan doesn't bother me, but I say pecan. I I really have no idea. I say pecan because of Harry Met Sally. (laughs) I would be proud to partake in your pecan pie. Hmm. Very good. Go back and watch Harry When Harry Met Sally. Haven't seen that movie in a long time. Me neither, but that has made an indelible mark on my old brain, and it just does not let go, and that's why I think I say pecan. Okay, very good. As they're walking, Lizzie notices the smoke from a fire, the same fire, of course, and entering the house, the girls stay outside while Carol and Tyrese go in to clear out the zombies. Lizzie's holding the baby. Mika is holding a gun. I don't know why they keep giving Lizzie the baby. I guess they don't know that she's she tried to suffocate it a couple episodes ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and uh, Lizzie notices a grave with small shoes hanging on it. So yeah. you got to think there is a child buried there. And you're right. Lizzie starts here talking about how zombies are people, but Mika says they aren't. So you're right. Mika realizes they're not people. Right. People are people. That's right. Suddenly, a zombie comes out of a door and takes a spill over the railing, which happens to be right in front of where the girls are sitting. Mm-hmm. And before that zombie can get to them, Mika takes three shots and manages to kill it. Yeah, fantastic. It very, very impressive to have yeah. such young little girls <laughs> shooting guns, killing zombies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyrese and Carol come running out, of course, and uh, Carol says that Mika saved them. And Lizzie starts crying, but she won't say why. And then uh, runs away, but Mika apologizes to her for yelling and says, "Look at the flowers and count to three. It's a it's a calming technique, I guess they learned at some I point. I guess so. Yeah. Now the thing that bothered me about this scene a little bit is that that zombie comes stumbling out of that house and over the railing, and Mika, or I mean Lizzie, is indeed sitting down holding the baby, but she makes no effort to get up and get away. She just sits there while her sister shoots the zombie, basically. Over her shoulder. Right. Well, so either she's paralyzed with fear or she doesn't feel like she's in any real danger because Mm -hmm. zombies uh, don't really want to hurt her. You know, I'm going to go with paralyzed with fear. You know, I know she doesn't, she may not realize the danger, but at the same time, I think she does, I mean, I think she does understand that these zombies can hurt you. Yeah. Um, she even, did scream and she was crying a little bit at the end. Yeah, I mean, even if they're, even if she thinks they're still people, she knows that they hurt you. So you would think she would, she would in fact get away. And earlier, did she said, "I know we have to kill them sometimes, right?" Right. So paralyzed with fear. 
or, or extreme confidence in her sister's uh, marksmanship abilities. <laughs> Paralyzed with fear. All righty. <laughs> um, inside the house later on, they are crushing nuts. Mika runs in with a doll and says she's going to name her Griselda Gunderson. Well, yeah, of course. Because what else would you name a doll? I loved it because this is exactly the kind of thing that one of my kids would do. They would, <laughs> they would find something and come up with the wackiest name they can. Sometimes it's a description of the doll or animal or whatever. And other times it's something like Griselda Gunderson. Usually I go with, uh, I, I try and use a professor in there someplace. Like Professor Squant or Professor Fuzzy Face or Professor Purs a lot if it's a cat, it's, that kind of thing. Sounds like all of those would be for cats. Well, no, not necessarily. Fuzzy Face could be anything. Could be you for crying out loud. <laughs> These days, yeah. Hey, now that it's now that I'm back from Walker Stalker Con, I think I'm allowed to shave my beard. Allowed? I don't know Are if I'm going to. Prevented? Though. Well, I I said at one point I'm going to keep it for the con, but now <clears> that that's over, maybe I'll shave it. Okay. Um, so Tyrese is, seems to be feeling pretty good about having a house with a living room, and Mika says that they should live there. Mm -hmm. Which seems a nice house. They've got pecans. They've got, uh, you know, the potential for deer. They've got, uh, uh, what I assume is a very large propane tank that's hooked up to the gas stove, which is handy. And they've got, uh, you know, a fireplace, and it seems like a nice, right, cozy place. It does. Speaking of deer, on my drive home today, I saw so much deer roadkill. Yeah. I was I was shocked. I've never seen so many dead deers on the side of the road between, say, Lake Michigan and, I don't know, coming up to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Really? So many. I mean, there was a stretch there where they were more common, sort of in the middle by Kalamazoo and Climax, Michigan and those places. But I don't know. It was weird. It's like they they just all hit deers and nobody ever comes to clean it up. Well, if you hit a deer, don't you get to keep it? I don't know. I've never hit one. If you hit a deer, it's now your deer, and you put it on the roof of your car and take it home and eat it for dinner. Get get some deer meat. I guess so, but it sounds like people are hitting them and running. I don't know. I don't know. I've had a I've had a deer jump over me, but I've never had I've never hit a deer or been in a car that hit a deer. You would have a deer jump over you. Well, we were driving in a Nissan Micra, which is a tiny little car. And we drove right towards a deer, but uh, we would have hit that thing if it had, didn't have the presence of mind to jump over the car. Well, that must have been impressive. It's too bad you didn't get it. was get... exceedingly scary. It's too bad you didn't get that on film. It would have killed me because it was right in the corner of the car. I was in the passenger seat, and it jumped right over the uh, the passenger side of the window. Well, lucky for you then, and lucky yeah. for the deer. Yeah, both. So what happens next? We see... Um, oh, now we cut to the cold open shot again with Carol boiling water in the kettle. Same shot. We see Lizzie and the zombie outside the window. And this time Carol runs out and kills the zombie. All the while, Lizzie is screaming at her that the, that the zombie uh, is her friend and uh, that you killed her and you don't understand. She was my friend. Yeah. Lizzie was... Pretty so they crazy. were playing tag. Yeah, she's pretty crazy, but they were, they, they were playing tag, I, I assume. It was. Her and her friend zombie. You know what else was fun that happened today? Um, earlier in the day, again, in the fancy VIP backpack uh, missing room, uh, Brighton Charbino was there, who played mm -hmm. Lizzie. Not today, yesterday, when I was still there. And so I sort of said hi to her briefly, 
before I watched this episode, having no idea what we were about to see right. <laughs> in this episode and thinking, what a nice kid, you know, she's so pleasant. She's really good. She seemed really friendly at the con and we had no idea the extent of her nut jobness on, <laughs> on the, uh, on the TV show. So good times props to her for performing so well on the show um, and, and pulling it all out. Yep. Um, so clearly in this scene, Carol is starting to realize how bonkers Lizzie actually is. Yep. And this just cements it that Lizzie totally has no idea how dangerous these zombies are. Yeah, I would say that. She prob- she went pretty much over the deep end in this scene. Over the deep yelling, end? Yelling, over the deep end, crying and screaming and yelling and being very upset that someone had to... You know, how would you feel if you uh, were playing with a, with a dog... And uh, somebody ran out of the house and stabbed the dog right in the head in front of you because you were playing with it. Uh, That'd be very, very upsetting. Yeah, it really, really would. And that's, so, I guess, that's how me or Lizzie sees sees these zombies. That's how that's how she feels. Somebody just ran out of that house and for no reason stabbed a dog in the head right in front of her. Stabbed her friend. So after a commercial break, uh, Carol and Mika are coming back. They notice the fire is still burning. Mm-hmm. So they keep talking about the fire. It's a good fire. It is. Mika says she misses science class, except when they had to cut up worms. I didn't catch what kind of worms, though. Gross worms, I thought. Gross worms, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's to some little girls. All worms are gross worms. Well, to more than just little girls. Yeah. Worms are gross. I, not to mine. Mine don't mind picking them up and collecting them in the yard. Okay, well, that's good. Good yeah. for your... your- kids see they're very advanced um they see a deer and mika raises her gun to shoot it but she can't do it no so she can't even shoot an animal i would have a hard time with this myself oh me too i'm not a hunter in no, any I'm, way no me neither so um we we see now tyrese and carol talking about staying at the house and tyrese says he loves and trusts carol and the girls and he wants to stay and live there well, that would be nice. It would be nice. It'd be a happy pecans little for everyone. If uh, pecans for the happy little family. Yeah. Um, I wrote Mike, but I'm pretty sure I meant Mika. Comes out of the house <laughs> and sees Lizzie off in the distance. She follows her, and we see that Lizzie takes a mouse and feeds the zombie that's stuck in the train tracks. Uh-huh. So we now know, pretty definitively, that it was her feeding zombies at the prison. We do. I mean, if you couldn't figure it out already, basically they just told you right here. That's right. Uh, Mika says those things are bad. They can't pretend anymore. And Lizzie says, they just want me to change, to feel like them. Maybe I should change. And she reaches out her hand to the zombie. Well, still, even if you want to change, why would you let somebody bite you? Well, that's not what she's thinking. She's like... Maybe this is the new way to be, and that's all they want. They want to change me, and maybe I should let them. So it's the next stage in human evolution. Well, I don't think she's, you know, thinking it through that much, but, you know, Mika from a child's, or I keep confusing them, Lizzie from a child's perspective sees these, and they're people, but they're like new people, and all they want to do is change the the old people into the new people. So she's going along with it. Um, what happens? Suddenly burnt zombies come out of the forest from that fire. 
So really yeah. disgusting looking and awesome looking charred up zombies. They were great. They this were... was fantastic. I loved it. Me too. Me too. The girls run away. Carol and Tyrese hear their screams. And as they're coming through the fence back to the, um, not the ranch, the grove, Mika gets stuck on the barbed wire. Yeah. Which is entirely plausible. That's what barbed wire is supposed to do. It really is. Get you stuck. Um, they all shoot. Everybody starts shooting uh, and as the zombies approach. And as they're firing, Carol glances at Lizzie, if you noticed, with the gun and kind of looks concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't blame her. She's starting to realize that this kid may not be all there and she's a killer with a gun. Right. After another commercial break, we have Lizzie and Carol talking inside. Lizzie says she knows what she has to do. Mika's playing with her doll. Tyrese is sleeping. And Tyrese seems to be having a bad dream again. He's That's too bad because that, uh, that chair looks very comfy for having a nice little nap in front of the fire. And it's too bad that he had to have a bad dream in there. He of... seems to be having a lot of bad dreams. Yes, he does. Again, not all that uh, hard to believe, but he's not getting very much rest, I don't think. And the girls are there making pecans, which mm-hmm. which sounds fun. Um, We go outside. Carol and Tyrese outside. Carol says that they can stay here. So I think that's what they're leaning towards doing. They're deciding to stay there. It seems like a good place to be. Forget Terminus. Who, yeah. ne- who needs to go to Terminus? Um, uh, Tyrese says that they can go someday, but he doesn't think they're really ready to be around other people yet. And he tells her about dreaming about Karen. He says he forgets she's dead and he sees in his dreams a stranger kill her over and over again. Right. Which would be a pretty uncomfortable dream to have. Very unsettling. Absolutely. Uh, Tyrese says something here like the whole world is haunted now which i thought was a really really good line that is a good line you know the whole world is just haunted with these zombies and we can't really do anything about it and we're always going to be on the run from them i think it was a really neat way of portraying sort of how how he sees things now yep um carol here looks like she's about to tell him the truth about karen and david but she doesn't nope and instead, she says that, uh, or Tyrese says that Carol did right by the girls, by everyone, and they hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so poor Tyrese. Nice. It's nice, but he still has no idea. He's he's hanging out with the woman who murdered the love of his life. That's hard. And he's becoming closer and closer to her, which is doubly hard, Yeah, I think. So Therese and Carol are now coming back to the house, and uh, Carol tells a funny joke about deer nuts versus beer nuts, which (laughs) I got a good laugh out of. That was a good joke. I really like that joke. I like really dumb jokes. Me too. It's not even that dumb, to be honest with you. Oh, it is a dumb joke, but it's a funny joke. It's definitely funny. (laughs) I'm going to use it in real life. Uh, Yeah. I've I've added it to my lexicon as well. Under a buck. (laughs) 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 Um... So they're walking along, having a nice time, and as they approach the grove, they see Lizzie with a knife, and she's all bloody. She's covered in blood. Something bad has happened here, Jason. They get up to her, and it turns out that she has killed her sister Mika and assumes she'll come back. We just have to wait. Yep. Now, Judith is there, and Judith is still alive, thankfully, I guess. 
Lizzie raises a gun on Carol and says, we have to wait. And Carol agrees with her um, just to get sort of the gun out of, out of her hand and calm the situation down a little bit. She says, yeah, we I, I think we've, we've touched on this before, that if someone is pointing a gun at you, you agree with them. Whatever they say, doesn't matter what they say. It's like, yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, it, it is a good policy in general, yeah. if they're pointing yeah. a gun at you, for sure. And uh, Lizzie actually kind of says here that she was just about to kill Judith, too. Yeah. Man, psycho. I going to do her next. Psycho. And Carol says she'll tie Mika up so she won't go anywhere. Right. So Tyrese takes Judith and Mika back to... Uh, sorry. Tyrese takes Judith and Lizzie back to the house. And Carol stays with Mika, cries, and approaches her with a knife. Yeah. So she's got to put it through her head. Stab her in the head. Um, pretty pretty intense scene. Yeah, that would that's uh, that's crazy. And we'll uh, let's talk about it after I finish sort of going through things here. But um, yeah, pretty nuts. I did not really see it coming. Not in this way, anyways. So no, I I thought that this might come eventually, but I figured it'd be uh, the finale kind of thing. I wasn't expecting it in this episode in any way, shape, or form. No, and again, had I only known what we were about to see when I was talking to uh, Brighton Sharbino briefly, it would have completely changed my entire like outlook or or you know feelings. Not that I would think she's a crazy person or a bad person, but it's just like knowing what she had to do in this episode, I would yep. have had even more like respect for her for, you know, pulling this off. Right. Than I already do. Um, after the commercial, we are inside the house, Tyrese and Carol talking about what to do about Lizzie. And Tyrese says she was the one feeding the walkers and dissecting rabbits. So right. that now 100% confirmed. He says that she told him that. And uh, he, Tyrese thinks she killed Karen and David, too. Uh, but Carol says, no, it wasn't her. <laughs> <laughs> getting closer. Yeah, getting closer. Um, Carol says maybe she could leave with Lizzie. But they agree that's not a good idea. Tyrese thinks maybe they can uh, help her. But Carol says, no, this is the way she is. You know, there's yeah. no helping her anymore. She's she's you- She's over the deep end, as you said. Yeah, do you know how to talk a psychopath into not being a psychopath? Not possible. No, well, I, possible or not, I would know how to do it if it were possible. Sure. Okay. Maybe, maybe possible, but um, certainly not. You know, not something a regular person could do. You need right. a psychology degree for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then Tyrese offers to leave with Judith, and but that's not a good idea either because then you know they're just splitting up. And if we learned anything from the previous episode, you don't want to be alone. Right. Um, but Carol just finally says she can't be around other people. Yeah. We cannot trust this girl anymore. It's a very definitive thing to say. So Carol and Lizzie are walking away from the house. They're talking about picking flowers for Mika, which is nice. Therese is watching from the window. And uh, outside they notice that the fire is out now. Right. Because it's white smoke instead of black smoke. Right. That just means that it's smoldering a little bit, right? Well, I don't know. I just took them at their word. Sure. As far as big (laughs) fires go, white smoke, it's out now. Fine. Or at least almost done. Lizzie decides that Carol is must be mad at her, and she apologizes for pointing her gun at Carol earlier. And Carol says she loves Lizzie and tells her to look at the flowers. 
Yeah. Just look away, look at the flowers. The same thing she did earlier when she was scared to calm herself right. down. So calm down, look at the flowers, count to three. Everything's going to be all right in just a minute. Yep. She raises her gun and she shoots Lizzie. <laughs> it's insane. I it's it's it is insane. I I had um I had a hard time watching this in the room yeah, there with with tough. everybody. And Carol starts walking back to the house. She is an absolute wreck, understandably. Yep. She just, you know, Mika was just killed and she just had to murder Lizzie for doing it. Um Carol has now um you know, I don't know how Carol can go on. She she lost her husband, granted, who wasn't a very nice guy. Yep. She lost her daughter, which mm-hmm. would be enough to put anybody over the edge. In a horrific way. Like, it, uh, you know, lo- lost as in literally lost, couldn't find her for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she comes out in uh, uh, from the barn in, uh, you know, very dramatic situation and uh, traumatic in the end. And uh, and now, you know, then yeah, so continue. And and she and in that scene, she has to you know watch her being shot down again, yep. right? And so she's lost her whole family. She kind of finds a new family. She adopts these girls, wants to mother them a little bit, protect them, and so on because they lost their father. And then they end up going crazy, one killing the other, and Carol having to then kill the other girl who's not even a zombie, right? I don't know. Carol is probably the, at this point, the character who has been through the most emotional torment on this show. Yeah, she's going to be pretty messed up for quite some time. And that's saying something, because a lot of people have gone through a lot of emotional torment. You know, everyone's lost people. Rick is probably in second place, at least, you know, or if not tied with her. But right, man, man, oh, man. Well, who's the best off? Now that you mentioned that, that she's probably you know gone through the most. Who's gone through the least? <clears throat> um, well, I'd have to think about that a little bit. Of the people that are still alive, you know, Rick and Carl have been through a lot, losing losing their his wife and Carl's mother, and yep. uh, they lost the baby. Now they, they don't think know that, that the baby's alive. They don't know the baby's alive. Um, Maggie and Beth lost their father. Um, and other I, family members, right? True, other family members. Now, I would argue, yes, watching your your dad be decapitated by a crazy man with a sword is pretty traumatic. I don't know that it's as bad as losing children and having to kill children, though. Yeah, but th- that's that's debatable. Anyway, Full, it's a, it's it's, it's an interesting question. I think that uh, to find out who has it the best, like who's uh, nobody's, you know, kicking around happy go lucky. Like maybe the uh, the people uh, the governor ran into in the apartment, um, you know, way back when they were holed up in the apartment. There was a they hap- there happened to be a truck full of food yeah. parked outside the front door, and they were you know hanging out in the apartment for a year before the governor showed up. Yeah, Tara, you're talking about maybe, but yeah. I it, but if we consider sort of original characters, maybe Glenn. Uh, yeah. You know, he did have to fight off that zombie while taped to a chair. That's pretty rough. It and, is. Uh, listen to his girlfriend getting raped in the next room. Yes, all definitely rough, but they they both survived it and now he you know he's separated from everyone but again he he doesn't know if they're dead or alive which is tough but not as traumatic as what carol's been through i think, yeah. may, I think maybe glenn i think glenn All is right. the best off so far yeah glenn's uh, he's he's the happy go lucky guy which means 
he should probably be due for something horrific to happen to him soon. <laughs> probably. You know, the way uh, The Walking Dead goes. So, um, Carol, as I said, she's walking back to the house. She's a, she's just a wreck. She sees the deer, but she leaves it be. She does not kill I, the deer. I thought she was going to take a shot at the deer. What the hell? Eh? Like, you're walking by. I just killed a little girl. There's a deer. Uh, yeah, I, you know, just take a shot at it. What's yeah. the worst that could happen? I think, though, that, you know, earlier that day or maybe the day before, she was with Mika. Mika couldn't do it. Now Mika's dead. She sort of probably sees that deer as a connection to to those girls a little bit. That's true. Not that she'll ever see the deer again, but it's probably what she was thinking. Um, we cut to Carol digging graves for both the girls, and Tyrese brings a body out covered in a sheet. And then later inside, Carol and Tyrese are sitting at a table, and she pushes a gun across the table to him and tells him that she killed Karen and David mm-hmm. and that she was doing it to prevent other people from dying and says, Tyrese, this is the truth. Do what you have to do. Yep. Which was pretty hard. Finally out with it. Finally out with it. And Tyrese um, Tyrese wants to know what was happening if uh, or how it happened if Karen was scared and Carol shakes her head, says no. And uh, after a moment, Tyrese removes his hand from the gun, which he has been holding, not really picked up, but covering on the table. Yeah. And he says, I forgive you. He says, I'll never forget that you did it, but I forgive you. That's nice. Yeah, which is, I guess, you know, it may, is it easier to forgive someone when, when they are like the last person you you are with that, you know, the last person that may be alive? Because if he kills Carol, then he's alone with Judith. I don't know if it's easier to forgive, but I think he'd be more inclined to forgive them rather than shoot them in the head. Right. And Maybe. wake the baby. Well, that's why <laughs> I'd kill you right now, but it would wake up that baby. And it nobody would wake wa- the baby. Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah, what a mess that would be. Um, but he forgives her, which is incredible. And, uh, you know, Carol thanks him. And they decide that, you know, we were going to stay here, but we can't stay in this house anymore. Yeah, it's too many dead girls. Yeah, we've had to kill too many little girls here, so. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to move on. Tyrese, Carol, and the baby leave the grove, and uh, we see them walk down the tracks away from the zombie who's still stuck there. Yeah. The end. I think it's too bad that Tyrese had to leave that chair, because that chair looked really comfy. It's hard to bring a chair on a a, uh, hike. Yeah, and a 500-pound... propane tank I'm, that that's going to be sorely missed as well it is but you know the way i think about all those sorts of things you uh you keep track in you you keep a mental log of everything you come across in the apocalypse so that when you do get somewhere and you're like we're gonna live here you can think back there was that place it had all this stuff now that we're settled maybe we can go back and get some of it yeah so because dragging a 500 pound propane tank is easy well you know if you have a uh, crane and a forklift of some kind, no problem. <laughs> right. So they just need to make a mental note of where the forklift is. Exactly. But that's, all set. that's the kind of thing you do. Yeah. Um, so pretty heavy, serious episode here, Mr. Miles. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was amazing. I agree. I think it was, I think it was one of the better episodes of this season. Totally. One of the better of all four, I, I think. This is up there with the pilot for me. I think the performances here 
by everybody involved, including the girls, was just amazing. And, you know, it almost made me cry, except I was in a room with Lou Temple, so I stifled it back as much as I could. Because <laughs> you don't, you, one thing you don't want to do is cry in front of Lou Temple. No, no, you do not. Although he'd probably be okay with it. Oh, he'd be fine. He'd put his arm around you and console you for sure. He, he probably Such a would. sweetheart. Yeah. Life of the party, the sweetheart. Um, but, but still, I mean, you know, you're sitting there. I, I didn't want to like start bawling. Um, but the other thing is these two little girls, they kind of reminded me of my kids, not in that my kids are insane killers, but that they're, <laughs> the, they're close to the same ages. They're both sort of blonde, mine are blonde. And, uh, I hadn't seen my kids for like most of a week. So right. it was, uh, it was difficult. Um, Anything else about this episode? I don't know what else to say. We kind of talked about uh, Carol's emotional state, which took a beating in this one. Um, are you weirded out at all by the fact that we haven't seen Rick and Carl in like three episodes now? No. You're okay with uh, it? Yeah, I'm fine. I was ex- this is not uh, Rick and Carl in The Walking Dead. This is The Walking Dead. Yeah, but it, 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 you have to admit it is a little bit Rick and Carl in The Walking Dead or at least that's the expectation it has been for three seasons. Right. And they've gone a different direction now where I guess everyone's split up, so you do have to show what they're all doing. I was expecting this episode to jump between at least two groups. We'd see Carol and Tyrese and the girls, plus maybe Rick and Carl because we haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. But then no, it, I, I don't miss them. I think it's fine. I think this is uh, this is great, the way that uh, the show's the second part of the season is panning out. Yeah, and, and then again... I do think that it is more impactful this way when we get more story about about this one group, what's going on. If you know, if they did this same story um, without or or with less screen time, maybe it wouldn't quite have worked as well. Yeah, right. If they were jumping. They, no, they couldn't do this jumping back and forth with another group of survivors because you this need. I was going to say you need that that consistent sort of tone, emotional tone. And if you're going to do this with one group, you're not going to have the same tone necessarily with another group going through different experiences, right? That That's exactly right, yeah. Okay, so I want to talk briefly about something that is spoilerish for the comics, okay? okay? So the next little bit is going to be spoilerish from the comics. So... Um, and and as how how the comic relates to this episode. Okay. So if you're worried about that, please move on. Um so, I've had people sending in emails and calls to me for it feels like months now predicting that Lizzie and Mika would take the place of um what are their names? The two twin boys in the comic, Ben and Billy, I think. Right. And if you recall, what happened with them is one brother kills the other brother because he has the same sort of attitude as Lizzie, where, you know, I can kill him, he'll come back, it's okay. Right. And in the comic, while the adults are debating what to do about the kid, because he's clearly a psycho, Carl sneaks out in the, in the night and kills the other boy. Right. And people have been predicting for months that that's what's going to happen with Lizzie and Mika. And as it turns out, it more or less is what happened. Um, but instead of Carl being there to kill the boy and have more child-on-child violence, we have Carol take that place instead. Right. Um, but I think personally, 
it was almost more impactful because of the sort of parent-child relationship that they had rather than just the peer relationship that Carl would have with, with the girls or if, if in the comics if it was boys. What do you I, think? I somewhat, I somewhat agree. Uh, I think it would have been extremely gut-wrenching if, uh, if Carl had to do it, but uh, that couldn't have been done uh, in this part of the season until everybody got back together. And as soon as everybody gets back together, everything's going to change, right? Because they're going to get to Terminus, and that's where they're all going to meet up in the, in the season finale, most likely. So if they wanted to do this story, they couldn't have Carl do it. So uh, this is a a good way of doing it. And you're right, it's the uh, the parent-child relationship instead of, uh, um, you know, and it's somewhat in the comic book had to do with a you know, a parent-child relationship between uh, Rick and Carl because there was a lot of discussion of, uh, you know, uh, I think it was because Rick had to kill somebody and Carl was like, well, why did you have to kill someone? Or like, kill a person. It's like, well, sometimes you have to kill a person. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about, uh, you know, what to do with Billy or Ben or whoever, uh, I forget which is which. Um, so Carl's like, well, okay, sometimes you have to kill a person and this is one of those times and I'm going to do it. And so there's that, that storyline. So this, uh, this kind of thing was a different kind of take on the same situation, but I think, uh, I think it played out rather well. I, I agree. I think there's, you know, this is less, obviously, um, less for Carl or none for Carl in this specific situ- situation. Um, but a lot more for Carol and, I'm not disappointed with the way it played out at all, really. I think I think it was amazing. And I'm pretty sure Carl will have plenty of opportunities to, you know, kill people and or <laughs> develop those kind of uh, character, you know, traits and developments. So, right, so we have that to look forward to. We, we do, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not upset at all how, how this played out, and I'm glad I can sort of finally talk about it a little bit because I've been hesitant to include everybody's predictions in the show just because it really is comic spoilery. Um, yeah. But now that it's happened on the TV show, I think it's one of those cases where it's important and you know valid to, to bring up the scene in the comic because it's uh, clearly the same thing with a different spin. So great episode overall. Um, this is probably my favorite one of the back half of season four. Right. Uh, which, <clears throat> all in all, I have not totally loved. But everything in this episode I thought was really, really good. And hopefully they're just gearing up for a really strong finish. And the next two are really, really solid. Right. So you would give this a full five one-eyed dogs out of five. Uh, yeah. You know, if we can give fractions of a dog, maybe... Well, it's a one-eyed dog, so give any fractions you want. <laughs> Because it's not a complete dog anyways. That's right. Um, At least sort of like a 4.6 or 4.7 one-eyed dogs out of five. One-eyed mutts, I think she said. One-eyed mutt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's pretty hard to get a perfect score, but this is is pretty close, I think. Yeah. Because a a perfect one-eyed mutt is quite the sight to behold. It really is. And somewhat... um, paradoxical actually <laughs> yeah or a perfect five one-eyed mutts <laughs> yeah that's right that's <laughs> here they come that you almost never see that yeah all righty jason let's move on into holy crap did you see that for this week okay what do you say i say do it all right holy crap did you see that 
so there's lots of holy crap moments in this episode. What color is blue? Uh, well, blue is blue, Chris. What does it mean? Blue is you. So that means I go first. You read the blue ones. Thank you for setting it up that way. It makes They're it easy. They're color-coded. I know. Color-coding is good. James S. in Pittsburgh, PA. Holy crap. Just holy crap. I have to go with Lizzie making the comment, I was about to do Judith or something along those lines. She may be the youngest serial killer in history. Aside holy crap, maybe a simple mistake, but holy crap, where was Judith as Tyrese and Carol left the house? Unless she was stuffed in one of the bags, did these two leave Judith to fend for herself? After all I have this week, I'm still picking uh, my jaw off the floor and avoiding any flowers. Um... She was in a backpack. Yeah, she was on Tyrese's back. You could yeah. you couldn't see her, but you could sort of tell. And there was a hood over her head, right? Yep. That's that's what I saw. Yeah, she was uh, was in some kind of uh, baby carrier on his back. Yeah. Now I'll, I'll agree with James. It did not look that convincing, to be honest. It didn't look like there was a kid in there, but I think that's what they were implying, anyways. Well, it was a kid shaped blob, and that was good enough for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we have an email from Gala in Maple, Ontario. Holy crap, Psycho Lizzie strikes again, and Judas was next on the chopping block, and Tyrese and Carol making the decision to kill Lizzie because she can't be around other people. It's pretty nuts, man. It is pretty crazy. I'm 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 sensing a trend here. A lot of people are gonna simply go with the fact that, you know, A Lizzie's dead and or B, she was a killer. Yes. But let's see. Chris from Fremont, California says, My holy crap moments were one, Lizzie's freak out with Carol. It's a good one. Two, Lizzie killing Mika, which we thought would happen because of the comics. Uh, Number three, Carol killing Lizzie, very much like Of Mice and Men. Mm -hmm. I am not educated enough to know that because I have not read Of Mice and Men. Well, we'll get there. We have an in-depth analysis coming up. Oh, good. And number four, finally, Carol coming clean to Tyrese that she killed Karen and David and Tyrese forgiving her so all good choices mm-hmm. so rich in okinawa holy c- crap did you see that of mice and men moment when carol took care of lizzie uh, it was actually very touching they were warning uh sorry they were warning us all season that Lil- lily lily lizzie was messed up uh i think it was always coming from mika poor mika coming uh right so okay. this is uh, this one. Next one you're going to read. It's a bit long, and it does get into. Uh, I wanted to include the whole thing because it's a, there's a lot of good points here on uh, the of mice and men comparison. Okay, this is actually well. Let's read it first, and then let's see how it goes. Sure. So Ryan in Pennsylvania writes, "Holy crap! Did you see the Walking Dead successfully retell of mice and men?" While many others have made the correct assertion that this episode is a direct retelling of 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 mice and men set in the zombie apocalypse the parallels run deeper than just the climactic scene where carol shoots lizzie because she realizes that lizzie is not mentally or physically fit for the world in which she lives first consider that lizzie is in and of itself namesaked directly from lenny the mentally challenged character uh, in of mice and men who must be shot by the protagonist george because his mental flaws cause him to murder a fellow character Lenny is obsessed with mice and rabbits because to him they represent an idyllic world where everything is right and turns out just as it should. In the Walking Dead universe, this translates to a dark obsession on the part of Lizzie for some small mammals. While Lenny takes comfort in touching the soft fur, 
of mice and rabbits, Lizzie takes comfort in feeding rats to walkers and lobotomizing rabbits. To her, they are a metaphor for a world described by her mother, one that is just as it should be and not to be feared or hated. There are all kinds of parallels that can be made between the characters of Lenny and Lizzie. Both are unfit for their worlds. Both are unable to realize the damages of their actions beyond their own worldview. Both must be killed out of mercy by their caretaker before further harm comes to them or from them. Finally, after Lenny accidentally kills a fellow character in Of Mice and Men, he is soon caught literally red-handed with the blood of his victim on his clothing and hands. Recall the shot in this episode immediately after Mika's murder where the camera zoomed tight into Lizzie's bloody hand in another nod to Steinbeck. All in all, this episode hit a high point for the series and proved that when The Walking Dead aims high, it can tell fantastic and moving stories full of humanity and other literary themes. Good work. You talk now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was a lot of comparisons there. Like, I've, I've never actually read Of Mice and Men, but I, uh, I did watch the movie once. And uh, so I, I didn't actually draw the comparison myself while watching this episode, but the last three emails really kind of uh, laid it out that this was uh, a successful uh, retelling of uh, of that of the themes in that story. Anyway, it sounds like it's um, pretty heavily influenced, uh, or or is it you know is a deliberate sort of parallel to that story. Yeah, which you know, I, I I haven't read the book, but I I I might actually now. It sounds sounds interesting, and I'm a, I do enjoy reading classics, so I might go for it. But just I had no idea that you know rats or or mice and rabbits appeared in of mice and men, which clearly they do in The Walking Dead too. So that's great. I think that's really really cool. And Ryan in Pennsylvania is absolutely right. The Walking Dead can hit high notes when when it wants to and yeah. uh this this episode proves that yeah it gives it a whole other uh, a whole other depth this uh, this episode a whole other uh, level to it in my mind all right so we have an email from brian in wentzville missouri they stayed in the house and didn't burn it to the ground but really my holy crap did you see that was the look on tyrese's face when carol said he would take lizzie back to the house so she could take care of mika uh, I wouldn't want to be alone with that little freak show either. Yeah, you don't. But at the same time, you know she doesn't have a weapon at that point. So Lizzie's not going to take out Tyrese without some sort of firearm. Yeah. Well, well, let's go get you washed up and get all that blood of your sister off your hands. Uh, yeah. Well, what what they're trying to do is treat her as if she has as if she's totally normal, right? As if they understand where she's coming from, because that's what you have to do with a child sometimes. Yeah. And that's what they're doing here. So Roman from Toronto writes, Hell, holy crap, did I really enjoy this past episode? But where is Rick and Carl? They have only been in three episodes this second half of the season. Do you guys think this is an issue or are you okay with the show's direction? I'm okay. So yeah, we mentioned that earlier. I think it's a little strange. I see why they're doing it, but it does bother me a little bit. But then if we're going to get episodes like this and you know at the expense of rick and carl i can live with it right all right so we have another email we had a recent email from midgy spicy midgy spicy in los angeles besides the whole episode holy crap did you see when carol fell for the old cryptic i know what i have to do from lizzie by thinking that lizzie had actually come around 
Uh, I thought at that point Judith was a goner. How cute was Mika? I had hoped she would prove Carol wrong by being a survivor and maintaining her innocence. Sigh. Uh, Brava to both child actresses. Uh, They were pretty uh, tolerable as legit characters, and they will be sorely missed, at least by me. So we lose Lizzie and Mika and are still stuck with Judith and Beth. Okay. Best episode this season and most likely top five in this series. I won't be able to rewatch this episode for a long time. Tyrese and company storyline trumps Maggie and, uh, and company storyline. Rick and company trumps Daryl's and Beth trumps Glenn's and company. <laughs> I don't, I'm not quite sure anymore who trumps what after that, but uh, um, I think, uh, I think they're saying this one, that this one's best. This one's best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, you know, I, for, I forgot to, this reminded me of something in that, one of the another reason I was just really bummed out by this whole thing is that I was rooting for Mika. Like I I wanted yeah. her to survive. Yeah. I wanted her to pull through. If one of the sisters had to survive, I wanted it to be her. Right. Because as crazy as Lizzie is, which is, you know, kind of interesting anyways to see how to see what this world does to you and how how you deal with it and and then what ha- what a crazy person does in the zombie apocalypse. I, my own personal opinion is I can live without Lizzie, but I don't want to live without Mika. Right. She seems like she could have an interesting role in the group, depending on where they go. And then, you know, you come back and out of nowhere, she's she's dead. And uh, it was really crappy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Shell from Melbourne, Australia. Holy crap, did you see that? I get all the ones with the lists. Number one. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. I like lists. Number one, crispy zombies. They looked so scary. Fantastic makeup and effects. Number good. two, mouse chomping. Number three, disappearing Judith. At first watch, I thought they had overlooked including Judith in two scenes when the group are walking the tracks. One about six, seven minutes in and the other at the end. On rewatch, I think we're supposed to believe that not so little ass kicker is in a tiny white canvas backpack completely covered over in the middle of a Georgian summer. <laughs> no way she'd be looking as healthy as she does if that were happening regularly. Right. At the same time, though, you want to keep the baby out of the sun. Well, you do want to keep the baby out of the sun, but you don't want to keep the baby in a burlap sack for too long. No, you're right. But, I, you know, a bad sunburn is not good. So that's it. Yeah. And finally, holy crap, did you hear that? Tyrese and Maggie mentioning their missing, presumed, bitten sibling at all. I don't understand. No, I don't either. Tyrese or Maggie mentioning their missing presumed bitten sibling at all. All right, moving on. Moving on. Paul on the internet. (laughs) Uh, My holy crap moment was Lizzie going to kill Judith. Uh, Her only agreeing not to kill Judith because she can't walk away so creepy. Also, Carol killing Lizzie is basically what Rick did to Carol. Get rid of someone just because you can't trust them. Yeah, that's a good point. The only One of the things that talked Lizzie down in that scene was Judith can't even walk yet. She's, how can she become a walker? <laughs> right. You know, interesting tactic though. I mean, you just, you use logic to, on children sometimes because yep. they can't counter that. They're nope. just children. We can't turn her into a walker yet. Let her get a little bit older. She's, can't walk. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Sharni from the internet. No, more like, holy shit, did you see Carol <laughs> totally busting a cap in Lizzie for shanking Mika. Damn. The sad thing is they could just have let her go somewhere to fend for herself, but then they'd always be worried she might come back and get them. 
Also, it was creepy how she said I was just about to try it out on Judith, and Carol dismissed it with, no, she can hardly walk. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you could let Mika or uh, Lizzie go off on her own. I mean, you could, but what would be the point of that? Like, say, how would you do it? You'd have to somehow leave her somewhere and drive away in the car, and she'd probably be like a dog and find its way home like six years later, you know? Yeah, but also if you just left her, she'd be out in the world somewhere doing things. Doing things that you don't know or don't like. Yeah. All right, so we have a friend of the show, Adam. So, my holy crap, did you see that? Actually, a holy crap, did you not see the writers just have zombie Mika come back and just bite Lizzie, thus necessitating the mercy of killing of Lizzie? Uh, They went for the biggest, hardest gut punch possible. In losing Mika and Lizzie, it's almost as though Carol was being punished for what she did to Karen and David. Seriously, amazing episode. Excellent point. They did go for the the biggest gut punch they could. Um, I wonder if the uh, actress who played Mika is upset that she didn't get to appear as a zombie. I don't know. Because I think if I was killed on the show... I'd like to be seen as a zombie. Yeah, but they don't do that very often, do they? No. Well, I don't know. Shane was a zombie. Lori yeah. appeared in a dream as a zombie. Yeah, uh, but they, they save that for very special occasions. That's true. Uh, Merle was a zombie. Yes, that was a special occasion. Sophia was a zombie. Special occasion. Okay, fine, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if, if you're going to die on this show, I think it would be nice to become a zombie. That's true. Um, Kent from Kentucky. Holy blank and blanking blank blank crap. They just executed a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Very All right, good. Sandra from the internet. Holy crap. I wanted to see Mika and Lizzie shambling around in the woods. A missed opportunity. I was not shocked or moved by Lizzie's actions. Not because I'm heartless, but because we saw that coming a mile away. As a reader of the comic, I screamed twins when I first saw the girls, and I expected that story to unfold this uh, unfold this way. Just a shame that Carol was not around. Carl. Carl, sorry. Uh, yeah, all right. Sean from Elkhart, Indiana. Burnt marshmallow zombies are my holy crap. There you go. They were, they were toasty, those guys. Right. So, uh, Frank, on the internet... Zombies, uh, sorry, zombie gets killed by Mika, gets killed by Lizzie, gets killed by Carol. What a great and emotional episode. I feel my heart just fell out. They should have locked Lizzie in the house with a ton of pecans and bolted. <laughs> here you go. Eat the nuts and we'll, we'll see you later. <laughs> We're just going to lock you in this house. Uh, here's a bunch of pecans. I guess you could sneak away from her if you needed to get rid of her like uh, uh, Frank is saying here. Right. You know, or when she's asleep, just get up and leave. Oh, just tie her down. Like, tie a rope around her leg and stake her to the ground, and, you know, it'll take her an hour to get the knot undone. Uh, By then you're gone. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, from this is from Ash in Oldham, UK. My holy crap is not the girl's murder, but the fact that Daryl and Beth, or Team Darth, we're both ahead of Carol and Tyrese, Team Carrot, <laughs> in terms of geographic location towards Terminus. The fire smoke was found while Carrot were by the tracks, but how is this possible when Darth went the opposite direction on the tr- in the tracks in Episode 10? It seemed that Darth was going into random locations since they did not see the Terminus signs, yet the cabin they were in 
were just by the tracks ahead of Carrot. Is this a plot hole by the writers, or did Darth somehow get ahead of Carrot because they don't have the inconvenience of caring for three little girls? Or maybe that uh, the fire was not from the cabin. Darth started, but something else entirely. What do you guys think? All right. It, so It's hard to read Darth and Carrot for some reason. Anyways, go right. ahead. So Okay, so I'm trying to understand exactly what... Uh, I'm trying to parse this whole thing out. So we have uh, Daryl and Beth. Uh, they were ahead of Carol and Tyrese. Um, no, they were behind them because they found the people in the tracks already dead. And Carol, Tyrese, and the girls were there when those people were alive. Right. Okay, and then Carol and Tyrese walk one way down the tracks and see a terminus sign and start going towards it. Right. Uh, Beth and Daryl seemingly go the other way on the tracks, do the whole golf course thing, and eventually get to the moonshine shack, which seems to be close by or close-ish to the grove. Right. And the fire started at the Moonshine Shack happened um, before or, you know, a little bit before they showed up at the grove, Tyrese and, and uh, Carol, I mean. Okay. So when when they saw the smoke, it was just over there. We, did, we couldn't really see whether they were ahead or behind. Well, if they've already started the fire, what what we're saying is that they they had already gone through that. They'd already done the the moonshine and started the fire and left that location before Tyrese and the girls and Carol got to the grove. Right. Which uh, I don't know if that doesn't make sense or not. I mean, it seems to make sense. But the most important thing here is there's a guy on Reddit, on the Walking Dead subreddit, who has been creating a timeline graphic for each... Uh, for the timing of each event for from with each group and it seems to keep it straight so head over to the subreddit for the walking dead and find that it might help straighten things out uh, i haven't looked at it uh in a couple of days but um maybe he's updated it now for this episode i'm sure there would be a lot of good information there absolutely all right so we have uh, matt on the internet my holy crap this week involves the writers they really came through with the necessary information and logical conclusion Lizzie mur- murdering Mika forced Carol to take her out, old Yeller style. I'm proud of the writers for not copping out here, and also for having Carol confess to the killings of Karen and David. The whole storyline from the prison has now wrapped up nicely. I agree with that. I'm. Uh, it's nice to see that they've put all this information out there and that we can move on. And I like to see a nice uh, reference to old Yeller whenever possible. Very good. Gemma from Bryn Mawr, Wales. Now, this is an interesting coincidence because the name of the street that the hotel was on in Chicago was Bryn Mawr Way. Really? Yeah, with a space in it. Uh, spelled exactly the same way, I think. Well, that's uh, that's good because I would never have been able to pronounce that. Yeah, neither could uh, <laughs> Siri, just for the record. Uh, Gemma <laughs> says, where do I start? I actually feel sick and my eyes are swollen from crying. Being a parent myself of two little boys, I find stuff with kids hard to watch. I have two little girls. I'm with you. I want to draw a parallel between Rick shooting the little blonde zombie girl with the teddy bear in the first, very first scene of The Walking Dead and Carol shooting a very much alive but mentally unstable Lizzie at the end of season four. To see Rick back then kill the little girl was upsetting enough. But she's dead, right? She's also someone we don't know or care about. Carol's agonizing decision and killing of Lizzie means so much more and shows how far the show has come. She has also come so far as a character since Sophia's death. 
I don't think season two Carol would have done that. She made the right decision, though I believe, as no doubt, Lizzie would have killed Judith eventually. R.I.P. little blonde girl with teddy bear. R.I.P. Sophia. R.I.P. Penny Blake. R.I.P. Megan. R.I.P. Mika. R.I.P. Lizzie. The show sure does love killing little blonde girls and horses. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a lot of horses so, have gone down. <laughs> a lot of dead blonde girls. <laughs> and horses. All right, so this uh, next one is Paul from his iPad. I like it. <laughs> uh, my holy crap moment was pretty much the whole episode, even though I already knew what was going to happen. I, uh, I too, like Jason, watch, uh, watch it while, uh, via iTunes while I work, in quotes, on Mondays. Uh, this episode was still a fair bit of emotional of a, uh, an emotional roller coaster. I didn't expect it all to happen this fast, uh, but did, they did this bit of story, storytelling well. I also wonder if there was a bit of a mirror between Mika and Beth. Uh, although as a young child, Mika was presented in an episode as being almost the embodiment of Beth's philosophy about being good in a post-apocalyptic world, and it got her killed. P.S. Since, since you guys were talking about the Harp Twins playing covers and whatnot, I would highly recommend you check out Two Cellos, uh, their video... Um, Sorry, their video of their cover of Thunderstruck would be a good place to start. Okay, thank so you. So first first of all, uh, I don't watch the episode while I'm working, in quotes. I watch it on Mondays, uh, and sometimes I take lunch to watch it. But I don't watch, I can't watch it while I'm working, because I, then I won't work. And what's the point of that? Or you won't watch it, one or the other. Or I, I, most likely I won't watch it. I'll get distracted, and then I'll start coding something, and I'll get uh, sucked into that, and I'll be like, oh, crap, a half hour has gone by. I really need to go back and watch that. All right. And second of all, I checked out two cellos, and it is phenomenal. Is you it should as, check that is out. It as Thunderstruck good as, is just uh, is amazing. Is I like it, these. Is it as Go good ahead. as the Harp Twins? It's better than the Harp Twins. That's in impossible. My <laughs> well, harp is a is a fantastic instrument as far as uh, you know, harpy kind of ethereal thing. But uh, cellos are such. In my mind, I just I like the cello more, and these two guys are. Uh, they're phenomenal. It was great. I watched all kinds of videos of them this afternoon. You didn't see the Harp Twins live. That's your problem. They're probably. And, and I found them, you know, just a slight bit creepy. These two guys, go check out two cellos. That's all I got to say. Okay. I will do that. Finally, Danny on the internet writes, The Walking Dead paid homage to the comics by using the exact line Ben used when killing Billy. Lizzie also said after killing Mika, don't worry, she's going to come back. I didn't hurt her brains right so there you go every episode seems like there's something that's straight out of the comics and um what's his name scott gimple likes to do that more and more than anybody else it seems like yeah all right that's the last one that's the last one all righty then uh it is that means it's time to wrap up this episode before we go though um what's our plan we, you know, we're gonna record on wednesday right more feedback yeah, why not all why right not? what we're doing i'm i'm up for it man in the meantime give us a call 1-866-483-9662 or send us email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com we want to know what you think what you thought of the episode maybe what you think is going to happen and uh also if you're recording your favorite scenes make sure you get those in we want to play more and more of them you can find us on twitter at talking dead or on facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead is there anything else we need to say before we go? Um, no. 
Yippee-ki-yay. All right, until next time, everyone, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.